Hey, this is Benny Bloss, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, best one out there. Hey, I'm Tim Ferry, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, the best thing uh, that happened to radio since Public Max. Again, back for another episode of the Moto X Pod Show, episode 187 this week. Of course, I'm Dark Side. Scotty T and DJ TJ not in studio tonight. Uh, with the schedule change, things just didn't work out. Scotty's working. You know how things go. Um, I want to thank all of our sponsors, including our title sponsor, Cherubies USA. For decades, Cherubies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last. Cherubies has what you need. So visit CherubiesUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and let Brian and Talon take care of you guys and let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Also, X-Brand Goggles on board. The Lucid Goggle is out. Uh, they ran out of stock, but they will be back in in the next couple days. I heard the 8th, so be looking for that. Hit me up, Darkside at DarksideMX3 at AOL.com. I'll try to get you guys hooked up if you're interested. Also, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing for you WP guys, Extreme Colors, and Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID. Speaking of Fly Racing, we've got a giveaway this week. We're going to be giving away a, a Fly Racing Spark Down Jacket. Uh, this thing's pretty awesome. It's kind of a poofy jacket. It's got a like a, a hood built in. Uh, it looks really killer. I don't have one. I wish I did. I'm a little jealous, but we're going to be giving that away. I'll tell you guys how shortly. Uh, last week, we um, announced the winner of the blood lubricant oil winner. Uh, that was Donnie Hale through some email. We picked him in an email. Uh, he has not responded. So I'm going to give Donnie until next show, next week. And if he does not, you know, if he doesn't get with me, doesn't email us back or something, then we'll pick another winner for that. And we've got a few... Entries for the Justin Bogle jersey. If you guys remember, I asked you guys to email us a story. If you were to win the lottery, the billion dollars, how would you build your Supercross team? Uh, everything from sponsors, mechanics, whatever. You know, just pick a story. Whatever you think is funny or interesting. Uh, I don't really want just plain old boring, obvious answers. Give us something entertaining. But uh, we'll do another week on that as well. and We will pick a winner for the Justin Bogle jersey. Uh, two races in Indy since the last show. I guess we could talk about that a little bit before we get to our guest of the night, which, uh, we've got little red dog, Evan Ferry coming on for the first time. It's going to be exciting to talk to him. And then we've got RJ Wageman is going to come on and talk about, you know, his privateer career, uh, the basic stuff, you know, get it, how he got involved in moto. We're gonna talk to him about a few things. And of course he and his brother, Robbie are the owners of eat 
our jerky, the new sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show. Use promo code MotoXPod21 to save at eatourjerky.com. Uh, I talked about that a little bit last week. Really excited that they're on board. And then we're going to talk to, with a pre-recorded interview from this weekend, uh, Martin Varand. He is uh, the owner of motocrossadvice.com. He wrote the complete dirt bike hand guide, a motocross success, uh, motocross success principles. And he is, he's from Estonia, man, all the way over there in Europe, two time junior world champion and a six time Estonian champion. I recorded that with him this last weekend. Really cool dude. So a couple, a good show tonight. I think even though the other guys aren't in, I think you guys are going to enjoy this. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to get into Indy too much because it's just, it's not fun if I don't have somebody to talk about it with. And I really, I, I probably should have gotten somebody else on the line, but I uh, just didn't get it done today. Sorry guys. Um, you know, I think the, the Christian jet thing was a big story. I have no issue with Christian. He was trying to keep jet behind him. It didn't work out. It wasn't on purpose. I think they locked up um, a lot of injuries that are real bummer. Obviously our boy, Max Volan with the, dislocated hip uh the word i got was clean dislocation no surgery you know probably won't be out a super super long time so we'll see where that puts him um unfortunately let's see who we have last uh jet had some big issues of course at indy 2 and don't really know how he is how he's gonna feel before saturday he was pretty banged up man he didn't look good i you know a couple big diggers Felt bad for the guy. Uh, who I think Doe went down with a flat tire. Was that him? Yeah, that was him, right? He, he had the flat tire and was trying to stay out of the way. Clipped a tough block. Went over the bars. I mean, so many. Look at Alex Ray at Indy 1 landing on Freezy's bike. Just a lot of craziness. A lot of tough block issues. Guys off the track. Tough blocks in the way. Uh, we had the one tough block in the left-hand corner that caught, what, I think Eli and Barsha maybe took them down. Just craziness but i think we're all enjoying the racing 21 has been pretty damn good even though the 250 class is really really depleted um you know with max going down and austin and all the guys bummed for max man jeez i'm so bummed for him um but i think we've had some really good racing in the 450 class and we've had some good racing up front in the 250 class so hopefully more of that to come but anyway yeah i, I just I don't really want to talk about this a whole lot without my guys here or somebody else. So let's let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with RJ Wageman. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020... They are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo Senya. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland. 
2017 works in Heron Hound Champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggle. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series Goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, our first guest of the night is a, uh, he's a newbie to the Moto X Pod Show. He's going to be brought to you tonight by our newest sponsor, Our Jerky. Visit eatourjerky.com and use promo code MOTOXPODSHOW21 to save. And the reason he's brought to you by Our Jerky is he is the owner, one of the owners, Mr. RJ Wageman. What's up, dude? Hey, what's happening? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, dude, I'm really excited about having you on. I've never had a chance to meet you. Um, so let's just jump right into a little bit of your background, man. I, I don't know a lot about your history. I know your dad was a, a former pro rider, your brother races. I, so I just have to assume that's obviously how you got into it, right? Is being around your dad, growing up around it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my dad was a uh, top pro back in the eighties. And, uh, what I like to tell everybody is it just kind of runs in the blood. Um, he bought my brother and I, you know, both their bikes growing up and, uh, one thing kind of led to the next and, you know, being a pro racer ourselves was always, you know, like the goal in mind growing up. I was like, oh, I want to be one of those guys on TV. So, yeah, many years down the road, uh, we worked hard and here we are racing dirt bikes. And as privateers, I mean, you guys, you know, it's not easy, right? I mean, what's it take for somebody like yourself to get to a Supercross race and your brother or even a national? To, I mean, it's it's a lot of work, but it's got to be chasing down sponsors, making things happen. It's not easy, man. So, I mean, talk about that. Yeah, it's definitely not an easy task, but I mean, it's something that, you know, growing up and racing, you know, all the major amateur nationals and all that kind of stuff, you kind of learn the program and, um, you know, find your own flow and, and how to do it and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it took a long time to, to get to the level we're at now, but, um yeah we've enjoyed every minute of it and it's been awesome for our family i definitely feel like it's you know we've grown up as this is such a family event for us and you know we'd all go out for the weekend and stuff like that um so it's been super fun but yeah you know once you get to the pro level obviously it's it's very serious and you know it's a professional sport so um but yeah it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of people to help you out whether it's you know, actual sponsors inside the motocross community or outside sponsors coming in, you know, to help you out and whether it's, you know, pay for some entries or uh, race fuel, whatever the case may be, um, you know, as a privateer racer, the list is huge. You have a lot of people that help you out and, and make it possible to go do it and fulfill your dreams. Yeah. So you talked about it being a family sport and you have the, the pleasure, I would assume 
of growing up with a brother who races, you know, a lot of us, we race, we maybe we go with our dad or our buddies, but then you have your brother. What does that add to the competition side? Like when you're battling your brother, is it sort of like battling your best friend and like you, you just have to beat him. Uh, you know, what's it like growing up? You guys fight over finishes or, you know, what was that like growing up with a brother that raced with you? Well, I mean, it was always super cool and it was uh, very encouraging, you know, at the time when we didn't race the same size motorcycle, um, it was better because I was always faster. <laughs> so that was, that was awesome. Okay. Uh, but then, uh, you know, he grew up fast and got onto a big bike pretty quickly and actually turned pro, um, at a much faster rate than the kids that he grew up with. Okay. Um, you know, just like, I think kind of the way my dad approached it with him was, well, you know, you're you're doing really well as an amateur, but you know, we're going to move you up a little quicker and just get you into the pro ranks is especially because I was kind of going that route. So it was harder for us to split time and, and all that. So, yeah, I mean, going back to battling with my brother though, um, we've had some great races over the years, but now, I mean, I would be lying if I, if I didn't say he would, he wasn't, you know, much faster than I am now, but, uh, you know, we each have our strong points and all that kind of stuff. So it was super fun. Like, um, Anaheim two last year. Um, I don't, I think it was a, he was either a heat race or LCQ. I got a better start than him. And so I was able to kind of be in front of him for a couple laps. And then we got the race like side by side in angel stadium, which is our hometown supercross. So that oh, was yeah. super cool. And there's a, a couple photos of us that I feel like just not many people get to experience. And that's cool. Of course he ended up beating me, which that's not cool, but, um, you know, it's pretty awesome. We definitely get to push each other. And as we grew up, you know, and, and our, you know, went further along into our pro careers, we both pushed each other to become better and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like I can learn a lot from him and, and vice versa. So it's, it's been awesome, but, uh, yeah, he's definitely, um, becoming one of the dudes every week, um, in the main event, which is huge. So it's super cool. And I think we're just super proud of him and, um, you know, of course he wants more, but just, uh, look at the big picture and enjoy the process, you know, especially with this season coming up, we're going to uh, do a little bit of traveling and it's pretty darn awesome. Yeah, definitely. I bet right now, if he was, I'm sure he's watching the, the East, the quote unquote East coast races and wishing that he was in that group right now. Cause it is pretty decimated. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, you de- you can't take anything away from those guys, no. you know, on the East Coast. Obviously, everybody's training, everybody's riding, everybody's pushing themselves. But yeah, um, it's just that's why we line up and that's why we go racing because you never know. Um, especially when some of those top guys get hurt, it definitely makes it. Um, I don't want to say the it's not easier, but it just to achieve the goal of maybe hey, I could I was I've been a 12th to 15th place guy you know, week in and week out. And then a couple guys get hurt. Well, Hey, now I could be that top 10 guy really, you know, strive to be. And, um, it's cool. I mean, those guys are definitely racing hard and they're working really hard, but yeah, I mean, I think, um, if if a lot of guys on the West coast are, you know, who are going to race West are probably saying, man, I wish I would (laughs) have suited up for the first couple rounds and been ready, but it just is what it is. And I think, uh, you know, that's why we line up every week and that's why we race dirt bikes. So, it's all good. It's part of the sport. Yeah, and I, I didn't mean it as, well, okay, a lot of people will, would say, like, those guys that are getting 15th, 16th, 17th, oh, those guys suck, right? But anybody <laughs> that even makes a night show, let alone a main event, is a bad dude. Absolutely, a, I totally there's, agree. There's a big 
there's a there's a skill difference uh, 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 between some of those guys and some of the factory guys, but they're still so much better than the average guy. They they show up at a local track, they're going to wax pretty much everybody. And you're yeah. right, you know, it's it's cool to see some of those guys, you know, like Logan Carnow, uh, you know, a couple other, uh, some of our buddies like Kern Thurman that are, you know, they're fast local guys and they're getting a shot. They're making some money, um, you know, and they're out there competing against guys at their pace, man. And it's cool to see. And without guys like yourself and your brother and those guys, we really don't have a sport because it can't, you just can't have 22 factory riders. It just, it, it's not sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's super cool. I mean, um, you know, we're, we've become pretty good friends with Wilson Fleming and it's yeah. super cool to see him, you know, he just got 11th place last night at yep. Indy two and it's super cool to, uh, to see him doing so well. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of boys out there that are, that are training week in and week out. And I mean, I don't want to say that privateers work harder than, um, a factory guy, but uh, you know, the privateers are working just as hard and they're, they want it just as bad as those guys. So it's cool to see them achieving their goals and, and making some mains and, uh, you know, maybe turning some heads at the same time. Yeah. They're working harder, not necessarily physically or lap times or whatever, but they're working harder in the sense that they don't have somebody booking their flights and they don't have somebody booking their rooms and paying their entries. And I mean, they're, you know, they're having to deal. A lot of you guys are working real jobs plus trying to train plus trying to ride. So in a sense, they are working harder and I think they deserve a lot more respect than the average fan understands. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, that's exactly the point I was, you know, getting at and stuff like that. But, um, that's just kind of the way, the way the, uh, the sport, you know, has unfolded for sure. a lot of us, but, um, yeah, it's cool to, uh, it's cool to see those guys, you know, starting to make a name for themselves and, uh, and giving it what they have. Totally agree. Um, so I was doing a little research on you, man, and just trying to see, you know, what, what some of your results and whatnot and what ca- something that came up, uh, and I think it was from swap mode Live was, uh, you win in the 2019 Coupe de Gras survival race at day in the dirt. Um, Tell me about what is that? What is a survival race? Yeah, so uh, I've actually been really lucky. I won it two years in a row, actually. I okay. won it uh, in 2019, and then I just won it again over Thanksgiving weekend in 2020. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so it's super cool. Day in the Dirt, um, it's an awesome race. It's kind of like a family event for us. My dad, he owned a motorcycle shop called Pit Pro out here in Southern California. And so he vended that race, you know, with your normal um, parts and accessories, um, from the very first year, um, which is pretty cool. So it started out, as kind of like, just like a stunt film race. Um, Kenny Alexander, the owner of fast house, he's the one who, uh, the man behind the scenes with it. And, um, it's growing up into this pretty darn fun race. Uh, it's an event that takes place on Thanksgiving weekend out here. Um, every year it's bounced around it its home was at a track called lacr for about i don't know 15 years or so okay and it bounced around from paula which is now fox raceway um it went to a track called competitive edge and then uh now for the last couple years it's been at glen helen so realistically the race i mean there's no strings attached or anything like that it's kind of just something for fun they have team races all that kind of stuff but um 
on Sunday, the final day of the event, it's a three-day event. There is the coup de gras race, which is the final race um, of the weekend. And it's kind of like that cap it off race. And then um, every single year they give away an incredible trophy, which is super cool. Like I think um, Ryan Hughes has won it before and he's won like a car and uh, Timmy Wiegand has won it and he got like a toilet and it's all <laughs> custom. It's all custom stuff though. It's super okay. cool. It's not like a... Yeah toilet you buy at Lowe's you know it's one painted up and stuff like that and Mike Kudrowski's won a yeah it's cool um Mike Kudrowski's won a big toolbox and just some cool some cool you know um prizes at the end of that thing so I've done it um I think I've raced a day in the dirt since I've been you know probably six or seven years old and I've always uh wanted to win the coup de gras so in 2019 um, I was able to win it and I was able to win it again, just barely over my brother, um, this last year, because realistically, because he ran out of gas, but that's a whole nother story. I'm taking the win. It's a win's um, a win, buddy. Yeah. So the, the race anyways, the reason they call it a survival race is they always do like Le Mans start where you run to your bike and then it's, you know, green flag waves, you know, you do that Le Mans start and yeah. you pretty much just race until the checkered flag falls. So it's kind of cool. You just have no idea um how long the race is going to be so the last couple of years it's been right around that 90 minute mark and oh wow that's just uh kind of what they call the coup de gras survival race so it's pretty darn cool i it's love a great it. event i yeah. love it you mentioned lacr that that was uh my second race ever on a 125 beginner class was lacr that would have been like really? 1990 i believe yeah we lived in bar well actually my dad was stationed at fort irwin so we were near Barstow and, uh, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Went to sunrise. That was my first race. And there you go. Yep. And then, uh, LACR. Yeah. Um, Kiefer actually used to race with a kid. His name was TJ Asher. TJ is the kid that got me into racing back in the day, back in, like I said, 89, 90, I guess it was. So, yep. I was, a, I was a California boy for a little while. Okay, cool. Yeah. And yeah, you know, uh, you know, all the spots out here. And then obviously Kiefer is like the high des king. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, between, yeah between sunrise or race town whatever you want to call that place yep. you know and then uh competitive edge those are uh the two obviously main tracks out there so yep yep i, I miss what it used to be yeah yeah definitely awesome places right unfortunately they're not open anymore but yeah uh, pretty cool places for us to to grow up and ride and race at you need to bring yourself out here to texas man we are loaded with tracks in east texas I know it. I, uh, I've done some amateur nationals out there, but I have never really went out there and stayed, um, with the way Supercross is falling, falling this year with the schedule, we're actually going to pack up here in a couple days and, um, just kind of go on a little moto vacation oh, cool. and go ride some places. We don't really have anything set in stone, but if we can go to like, you know, places like maybe Millsaps or even yep. GPF in Georgia or make our way down, you know, to a couple places in Florida, maybe go to ww we don't really know yet but uh we are gonna pack up and leave and kind of just go with the flow maybe we will stop in texas somewhere and ride but um are you you guys excited are you guys doing the west series or any of them or just just trying to cruising yeah just my brother is so he'll start february 20th and do orlando too which will be his first round so um unfortunately for me i wasn't able to put anything quite together this year but um He'll be riding for the nuclear blast Yamaha team. Okay, cool, cool. I, I, the yeah. reason I was asking was Dallas is uh, March. Man, I, I don't remember the exact dates, but I want to say it's like 13th, 16th, and 20th or something like that. 
And uh, I think the Kiefer's are going to be out this way because uh, they're going to go. They're going to do Freestone, which is around the same time. So yep, yep, yep. Um, okay, let me ask you this before we. I want to get into our jerky here in a minute, but one more thing about racing with your brother. Do you have any good stories where one of you has taken the other out and it was ugly? Like at home, it was ugly, or just there was for a couple <laughs> days. Any good stories like that? I have one good story, okay. and uh, he'll probably when he listens to this, he'll probably be the only one to really know this and remember it. But it was when he first turned pro. I don't know exactly what year this is. This is probably. 2016 2017 just a local race at Glen helen um the little series they do on the back track it's called rem oh yeah um yeah. we we do we grew up doing that a bunch um so we're both pros at this time and uh yeah it was pretty bad i think i i actually at this time still had him covered just barely but he <laughs> rammed me pretty darn good and it was bad I, I would definitely have to i i hate to admit that i lost my temper and uh there was definitely not not like a fight but an argument for sure of you know me mainly me yelling and being very upset um sure. i hate to admit that but yeah there there was definitely one time for sure that okay. one time um, and maybe that's what, why he was like, dude, that's it. I'm going to be way faster than you from now on or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have to maybe deal I with it anymore. Sure. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have yelled, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've always had some, some pretty cool battles. Um, but yeah, that one time there was definitely a little incident of where, um, it was, it was like, I got a full front fender front wheel to, to like my right side you know, leg yeah. and arm. It was, it was, nobody it. crashed, nobody crashed, but it was like, Hey, I'm going to bump and rub you. Like I'm right here. So, uh, <laughs> I love yeah, it. that, that was a good one. But other than that, no, it's been pretty much clean racing. Nice. And, you know, we're out there to do the same thing, especially, uh, when we're racing supercross or something, we're always trying to go forward, you yeah, know, yeah, not, yeah. Take, not take each other the other way. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into our jerky, man. Um, so when I was out at pulp, Man, I don't even know when that was, like November maybe? I can't even remember. Uh, whenever Steve flew me out, he was he had some hard jerky in the closet. He said, hey, you like jerky? I was like, hell yeah, I like some jerky. So he gave me a package of the sizzling hot and uh, the the hot, what is it, the sweet and, sweet and spicy? Is that what it is, the other one? Yep. Yeah, he yep, gave me a package of each. Fell in love with it, man. I think I was telling you through text or whatever. Out here in Texas, we have these truck stop gas stations called Bucky's. And they have fresh jerky, and I always stop and get a bag of the hot. I love it. Uh, but I had forgotten to stop when I passed it on the way to the airport to Steve's house. So I was pretty bummed. And I get there, and he gives me this R jerky. And, uh, dude, it was some of the best jerky I've ever had. I love the story. Uh, so I've ordered a few times since then and obviously reached out to you recently about coming on the show. Uh, you're already a sponsor of the Pulp Mech Show. And Steve was cool with you, you know, supporting us also. But I want you to talk about the, the business, why you and your brother started this, uh, and how it works for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're definitely both very excited to be um, a part of the Moto X pod. So that's super cool. And obviously, it's awesome that you enjoy the beef jerky. So that makes us really happy and, you know, um, keeps us to you know, striving to make better jerky and maybe come out with some, some more flavors, um, down the road. But yeah, yeah the idea started, um, just, we were thinking about how, what, how could we, you know, benefit our racing? How could people come on board to help us go racing, but also get something out of it, you know, get more than just 
hey, we're going to make a t-shirt or, hey, we're going to sell a t-shirt. So realistically, I mean, it's a much longer story than that, but that's kind of <laughs> where the idea of like, hey, let's, you know, how can we sell a product? And we came up with beef jerky and um, pretty much it came from the idea of one of my dad's long-term customers and friends. Um, and here we are, you know, three or four years now down the road of selling beef jerky. So it was pretty cool. We, uh, we took some beef jerky to the mammoth motocross event. Um, and I want to say that's probably going on four years now. And we just passed a bunch out. And then next thing you know, people started contacting us and asking us how they could purchase beef jerky. And at first I'm like, no way, like this is not going to work. And, uh, one thing led to another and, um, we built a little website and yeah, we're selling beef jerky. And I think people are excited, you know, obviously we're not quite lighting the world on fire with it yet, but it's taken some time and we have 11 different locations now where we sell it. Oh, cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's really cool to be a part of the Pulp MX fantasy fantasy show. I think people enjoy that and people who play, you know, Pulp MX fantasy, if you know, they don't win, we give away random prizes and stuff like that. And I think that, um, the people enjoy that. And it's not just, you know, a t-shirt or a sticker you're kind of getting, if you like beef jerky, you're getting some good jerky and you're getting something out of it. Um, and then as far as, you know, supporting us, whether you purchase it online or you see us at a local Southern California track, like you're helping us go racing and stuff like that. So it's pretty darn cool. And, uh, that's where the idea came from. And it's just a little idea to help us, you know, raise a little bit of money to go do what we love. Yeah. I think it's a great idea probably because I love jerky so much. And <laughs> yeah. uh, with the first order I placed, uh, you guys sent like a little sample of the teriyaki, uh, which I'm not really a teriyaki guy, so I didn't open it, but I did give it away at the live pulp show at Three Palms. I took it with me uh, to give out to people that were like listener questions at the live show. So that was cool. Somebody got that. Um, but I also, man, I have mentioned on here, like I got some of the Seven Deuce Deuce black pepper Angus jerky which I figured it would be good. I didn't think I'd love it as much as the sizzling hot. That stuff, dude, I ate the whole bag. I had one bag with me. I had a four-hour drive to Houston for Supercross, and I ate the whole bag probably 45 minutes into the drive. It was <laughs> gone. I was like, holy. I, had to, I literally ordered more from the press box at H1. I had to order another. And when I came home Wednesday, I think it was here because I took more back with me. So, yeah, the stuff is yeah. so good. That's awesome. No, we were super excited too. We teamed up with Adam Antic now. Yep. I mean, he's kind of like family as well. And uh, yeah, it's super cool. He has his own signature flavor, which is the black pepper beef brisket. And I'm brisket, sure when, right. he, yep. yeah, when he hears this, he'll be super excited. <laughs> oh, to I told him. You enjoy his black pepper. Good. There yeah, yeah go. I told him. And he, he yeah. his response was, let's go. That sounds like Addy. Yeah, yeah. Addy's the <laughs> man. Yeah, so yeah, we have six different flavors. We have our standard black pepper. We have sweet and spicy teriyaki. We have the Western, which a lot of people enjoy. I need to check and, that out. Um, yeah, the Western's awesome. That's kind of like my go-to. And then the sizzling hot. And then, of course, the seven deuce deuce edition, which is the black pepper beef brisket. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's taken off. I mean, last week we had a, we had a lot of um, online orders, which was really cool. And the local stores that we have here around town where we live are doing really well with it. So, um, yeah, we're just trying to slowly build it and, um, who knows, you never know what it could turn into. It could turn into something bigger than we ever expected. So that's I hope kind so. of the, the goal in mind now. 
Well, you guys, as I was saying, it's eatrjerky.com, and it's the letter R, not A-R-E. Eat, the letter R, jerky.com. Use promo code MOTOXPOD21. They're also supporting some other privateers like Vincent Murphy, who was on a couple weeks ago. Uh, He caught my attention just because I was walking through the pits and his shroud graphic said eatourmeat.com. And I was like, oh, that's got to be an R Jerky reference. And sure enough, it was. So uh, Vincent's a cool dude. And uh, and you guys are trying to give back to the sport. And as fans and listeners of our show, I hope that you guys will visit the website, use the promo code, support the Wagemans, uh, and help them, you know, get to the races they're going to and support their their love for moto. It's all a big family. But uh, RJ, dude, I appreciate you coming on for a little bit, and uh, I look forward to actually getting to meet you face to face. Hopefully, hopefully at Dallas. Uh, is that the next Supercross you're going to go to? Is Dallas? Yeah, so I only got credentials for for Texas because of the strict rules. Feld really wasn't given any extra out, but because we're based out of Texas, they hooked me up for those two rounds. So I'll be there for the whole whole week, man. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can make it out to a Texas round. My plan yeah. for now is to go to the first two West coast rounds okay. in Florida, um, and help out my brother and sure. stuff like that. So hopefully I can go to a couple of Texas rounds and we can, uh, we can meet up, but yeah, yeah, totally stoked to be on the show and, and help out with, uh, uh, promo code moto X pod 21. So yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. You, uh, you have a great rest of the day and it was awesome talking to you. Thanks, man. Right on, dark side. Thank you. All right. See you, bud. See you later. All right. Thanks to RJ Wageman for coming on. Uh, cool dude, man. I really, yeah, I, I am excited that, that I finally got a chance to talk to him. Uh, again, eatourjerky.com. Please go check out uh, the Moto X Pod. Use the promo code MotoXPod21. Support the show. Support the, the company to support the riders, Wageman and those guys. And... Um, so here's what I'm going to do. Now, I'm going to wait. I, mean, I was going to give you a trivia question for the Fly Racing Spark Down Jacket, but I'm going to wait until after Evan Ferry. So you guys hang tight. We'll be right back with Evan Ferry. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust Blood Lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two-Stroke Premix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks, the number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurrMotorsports.com webpage. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of Shock Socks today. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. 
Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom painted helmets tricked out and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, extreme colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998 and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one of a kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you too can have a custom painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at x-t-r-e-m-e-k-o-l-o-r-s extreme colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. All right, we're back, and our next guest of the night is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing became the title sponsor of Supercross, and tonight, Fly Racing brings us the one and only little red dog, Evan Ferry. What up, dude? What's up? How's it going? It's going good, man. I don't know if you remember meeting me out here in Texas or not, but uh, that was a pretty cool day, man, out there at uh, South Central. Yeah, I do. I do remember meeting you. Um, yeah, that that race was super fun. Yeah, it was a little. I think it was a little stop on the way back from uh, what was it, Ponca? Yeah, I went to uh, I went to Ponca, and then um, the next weekend I went to Team Fried, and I actually yep. that Sunday went to Freestone, and then I went. Yeah, home. yeah. Okay, so yeah, a cool little trip, but it was really cool getting a chance to to finally meet you, man. But uh, you, yeah, sponsored by Rockstar Husky Fly Racing, dude. You're a little. Uh, you know, you're one of the future stars. At least that's what we're predicting. Does that feel like any kind of pressure to you? Do you care about the hype? Um, not not really. Just trying to kind of keep my head on straight and uh, just keep working because um, hopefully, hopefully one day everything will work out. Yes. Yeah, what is is you know when it comes to the racing when you first started getting into it, what how was your dad? Was it like oh, let's just do this for fun and then it got serious or and does he still try to keep it? fun i mean i know it's almost it becomes a business yeah. at some point yeah for sure like definitely a lot more serious now than yeah. it was like kind of back in the day you could say um he kind of he, he didn't want me to feel any pressure like to race or do any of that like you know like beat any of his records any yeah, anything right. like that he was kind of like yeah i mean if you want to do it i mean i'm pretty sure you hand hand the kid a ball or you hand the kid a dirt bike you're gonna pick the dirt bike so i would think um, so I picked, uh, I picked the dirt bike. I kind of like just rode and had fun until I was probably like six or seven. And then, um, you know, I, I went and did like my first race, like, uh, right around the corner from my house. And, uh, then er ever since then, kind of like, it, it wasn't super serious, but then like probably about three or four years ago, um, like did the whole homeschool thing, like kind of leveled the playing field with everybody that I was racing with. And, uh, kind of took everything super serious and then got picked up by rockstar husky um la like last year sometime uh after loretta's and yep. um no two years ago actually um and ever since then uh, everything's went pretty good so speaking of your dad you know i and you obviously you know steve mathis i, I do some stuff for him he's a friend um do you ever get tired of people talking about your dad his his stories know how great he was or is it still like dude that's my dad that's really cool uh yeah for sure a little probably a little bit of both okay um, if i'm if i'm gonna be honest but um the the second part for sure it's super cool uh looking back and seeing what he's done and uh i mean every every day look up to him and kind of everything he says i i take it in and sure. like 
really really listen and um you know like really absorb everything he's saying and kind of like always think about it all the time all right so we're not going to keep talking about your dad then because i don't want you to have to deal with that we're going to talk about you um as you've grown you're getting under the big bikes now was that a difficult transition because you you know you as a kid i think it's a big transition like going from a 65 to 85 maybe not that big of a deal but in 85 to the, I, you rode the 125 for a little bit correct Right. I so I like before Loretta's last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and uh, got. Well, I got a one twenty five, and uh, I rode that like kind of during like quarantine a little bit, like okay. when, when COVID started. Um, I rode that for like maybe a month or two, and then I actually went and raced it. Um, and did like the areas and the regionals on it, but I also went and did the areas and regionals on the super mini, and we just decided, you know, like right before Loretta's, we're like, well, we just might as well race the super mini. There wasn't really like a reason not to race the 125 and a not, not really a reason to race the super mini. We just kind of picked the super mini, I guess. Okay. What well, was and that? And then, uh, oh, go ahead. It, it wasn't, it wasn't really a big transition from the super mini to the 125. Like the bike is somewhat the same speed. If anything, the super mini is probably faster. Um, but definitely it's a little bit heavier, a little bit bigger. It was definitely a little bit getting used to like jumping and stuff. Like it, it kind of comes back on you weird on some of the jumps, but Definitely the 125 to the 250. I think it's more like it's not even really weight. It's it's just how how much faster the bike is than the 125. It's kind of just like a super fast 125. Okay, but yeah, I would assume just the bigger the bike and the way it, uh, you know, the centrifugal force and all those things is a little weird. Takes a little bit of time. The reason I'm asking, I guess, is what I've never even remotely close to your level or ability. But I didn't really race on little – like, my first time ever racing was on a 125, and I had no business racing. I was terrible. So, I don't know – you know, I don't know what it's like for, at a guy – kid at your level ripping on him super many and then going to a bigger bike if that was, like, difficult. Um, Not not really because I feel like – um, like, kind of going back, like, let's say Loretta's or something like that, you look at the times and you look mm. how much faster, like, the 250 class is really going than you, and it's really it's really not, like, that much of a difference. Okay. Um, I mean, people could say I'm crazy, but really it's not – it's really not that much of a difference, like, especially, like, for, say, like, a tighter track or something like that. I think it's definitely just, just the difference between the power and how much bigger the bike is. Just the way – and also, like, it's funny, the – the super mini is weird. Like it, it almost like doesn't like follow itself like in the corners because I don't think it's quite long enough where like mm. the, the two fifties are like long and like are usually what makes all like the ruts in the corners and stuff. So the two fifty definitely like goes through the corners a lot better where like the super, I, I don't feel like maybe the super mini follows like the ruts as good as the two fifties. Interesting. Okay. Um, I w- did you race a lot? Or do you still race a lot, even when it's not like a big amateur national? Do you go to your local track and hit a race? Does your dad keep you getting gate drops? Yeah, yeah. So, um, actually, it's it's been a pretty crazy last like six to eight months. Like, um, I went to um, there's a track, the track like right next to my house, of Dade City, um, and oh, yeah. like where you know, like a lot of people like grew up really riding. Sure. Um, I would always go and race there, and then, um really really like i don't even think it's like i don't know how to say this um there's not a lot of there is a lot of local races like gatorback has like the gold cups and they have the winter ams and uh i go to all those like those are always super cool and then um 
also like just kind of like do the gold cup series they they have here in florida and then um the winter ams and we do those and uh but we're honestly we're traveling so much and we go to so many different races like last year i mean we went from here to like maryland we went to tennessee like we we went like a bunch of different races all back to back and then we went to loretta's and then like after loretta's like we go and like i went to ponca i went to freestone i went to um team the team fried race at um south central and then i came back home and then i went to california and raced paula so definitely getting like all the gate drops i can yeah i think that's really important man uh you know we hear steve talk about it and i agree that some of these kids they grow up at these training facilities but they don't really ride race much they just they hit the loretta's they hit ponca and that's about it and i think gate drops are super important to get used to being around other guys racing because practicing and racing is so different. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, it's definitely a lot different because like a lot of people can go super fast, like on the practice day, but they show up to a race and you know, they, they just don't, doesn't translate. Some people don't know really how to, how to like figure it out. If that makes sense. No, it does. Like, I, you know, again, you go to the practice track, you might, or, or your training facility track and you might be the best guy there, or even just one of the average guys there. But then you get to a race and everybody is trying to kill you for the first turn or whatever. Like even like Max Volan, right at, in the 250 class this year the, at Houston, anyway, before he got hurt, I was so surprised. Like I when when he was in tight quarters with other guys, like he didn't seem nervous at all. And I think that's from getting a lot of gate drops because he does the same yeah. thing. And I think that's really, really like I said, it's really important. Yeah, for sure. He was super impressive. Um, definitely definitely a lot better than i think everybody else thought he was going to do and uh also i mean you know like all the experience like you got to think racing all the way from 50s to all the way up into the 250 class how many gate drops you've had like the more you have like the easier that's probably going to be to go in and you know you got 10 guys going in the one corner all at the same time and you have to like (laughs) stay up and like not get taken out like you gotta there's a lot of things like that a lot of gate drops can really help a hundred percent um, okay. So it seems like you at least enjoy the supercross style riding more than moto. Uh, would that be a true statement or what do you think? Yeah, I think, I think so. But I think a lot of people do underestimate like my skill also on like outdoor tracks too. Like, you know, Mathis and my dad and everybody hypes up the whole supercross thing. But at the same time, like, I mean, you can't really count me out on the whole outdoor no. scene either. I just think, but it seems like you enjoy it more. Is it just more fun for you? I, I, I think, um, no, not, not really. Like it's definitely, it is a lot of fun, but I kind of, I almost kind of dig the whole outdoor track though thing too. Cause like, I mean, you can get in like such a good rhythm on like, let's say like a rough track, like with a bunch of rollers, like, I mean, you, you, you always see the Insta bangers on my Instagram and all that, but really behind that, all I'm doing, like I'm doing motos, I'm, of course. I'm doing everything every everything i can and uh but like definitely finding cool flows on like outdoor tracks you know jumping jumps certain ways and like hitting the rollers and i mean it's obviously it's the same on supercross you know hitting the whoops and jumping the rhythms and i mean i wouldn't even say that i have like a favorite or i have more fun on either of them i think i have a great time on both that's good that's great to hear man I, i think uh like i said i'm looking for i'm looking forward to the future of our sport man i mean guys like yourself and I've become buddies with like Ryder D Francesco. And I, I just look forward to you guys coming up. Uh, I think our sport's healthy. 
Uh, and it's, it's going to be exciting. So, and speaking of Ryder, I don't know if you guys are cool or not. I hope you are. Um, yeah, yeah, we're cool. I like to ask him, you know, he's friends with Carson he's friends with Jet uh, Reynolds. And I like to ask about having your buddies when you're racing and the competition between your buddies, but also you're still a kid. So are you able to go out and race with some of these guys and battle and maybe take each other out if that's what, and be mad for a day or two, but still be buddies and play video games or throw a football around or whatever and just have fun with your friends at the same time. Yeah. I mean, obviously like, I mean, every, every, everyone's your friend until you go on the track. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, like I, I, well, I mean, I live in Florida and Ryder and all those guys, they all live out in California. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't really like talk. I don't really talk to any of them hardly. Cause like I'm not ever around them, but I, I, everyone's, everyone's been super cool. Like when I, like when I went to California, I talked to Ryder, he's super cool. And, uh, you know, def, definitely looking forward to everything coming up. We're all we're all going to be racing each other soon here. Oh yeah, so. yeah. So what what do you do when you're off the bike to chill out, be a kid, and you know maybe just take your mind off of kind of what is your job? Well, I think I think honestly every, every everything you do really kind of goes into it. Like you know the the cycling, the mountain bike riding. You know like. I mean, just any kind of physical activity that you do off the track. Like, I mean, I wouldn't even say that I do really normal kid things. Like, you know, when I'm done riding or something, I don't, I don't go and I don't go hang out with like people and go like eat and all that. Like I, I, I stay home and like with like a couple of my friends and we build pit bike tracks and, you know, like jump on trampolines, go in the pool. Like I don't really ever like go out and do anything kind of like what, like a normal kid would do. Uh, man, as long as you're enjoying your childhood still and having a good time, it's not all serious stuff. That's that's important to me because I like – the reason I even ever brought that question up to begin with, with like riders, some of these guys – you see guys like Ryan Villapoto who in the end it just seemed like they hated racing and there was no fun involved. And once you get to that level, it's difficult to have fun. So I hope that some of you guys can stay friends and have that fun attitude once you get to the pro level. Like we see Jet right now, Jet Lawrence – and yeah. you know he's having a good time on the podium. He's being silly at times, uh, you know, and talking smack with his brother or whatever. And I, I just, I think that's important in life to still have that a little bit, you know, and not just be so serious all the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so a couple more things before I let you go. Um, 2019 Monster Cup, man, Super Mini Champ. How was that? That 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 was uh it was kind of a lot to, a lot of, a lot to process. You know, yeah. I kind of came off Loretta's, I think it was Loretta's like three years ago. And I mean, it was absolutely horrible. Like, like nothing, nothing went right that week, week or well week, actually not weekend, but yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, obviously got the text, the call, whatever you want to call it from, um, Husky. And, um, you know, I was super excited, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, man, like, what did I, what, what did I do really to like, to, to like deserve it basically. But, um, went out to, went out to California for a couple of days. Like I, I went and rode the test track for like two days, um, on the supercross track and, uh, kind of got the bike dialed in and, um, I felt, I felt all right. Like it was like, I mean, I wouldn't even say that I really felt like a hundred percent, like, like comfortable and all that. But, um, once it, once it kind of like, even in practice, honestly, at Monster Cup, it was weird. Like, I didn't feel very good. Like, 
I felt, I felt pretty good, but like, I, I mean, I wasn't fastest in practice. I'm pretty sure I was second, like every practice. And, uh, you know, I, I had, I had a pretty good feeling about the night, you know, like I knew, like I, I had some salt, solid starts and, uh, I had a couple things like coming into the sand. I, I was doing this one, me and uh, Hymas actually were doing something. I don't think many of the other guys were doing, we were jumping like over the, the like first jump or whatever into the sand. So I knew that it was definitely going to be between me and him. And, uh, I don't know, just got off to two pretty good starts. And then I, I honestly, I don't really know. I just kind of got into a flow and just kind of went. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was cool to see. It was, uh, exciting. The announcers were, it was exciting watching you do it. So again, I think really cool things to come in the future. All right. I want to ask you about this and you can say no comment or whatever, if you want, um, the danger boy thing, a couple of, um, (laughs) I knew it. Yeah. So give me your thoughts on it, man. I mean, I I feel like I've had a chance to meet him a little bit and, uh, Brian probably two or three years ago at Freestone and they seem like cool dudes, you know, but they're, they're hyping themselves, you know, they're trying to sell a product basically. And some of that might've just been hype, but you give me your thoughts on the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, actually me and Hayden have been like pretty, pretty good buddies. Like all, all, I mean, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm pretty sure he actually even unfollowed me on Instagram and all that, but, uh, I don't, I don't actually even really, I didn't even put that much thought into it. Like I kind of thought it was just funny. And, uh, I mean like he's come and rode my house like three times and, uh, we actually, we invited him to come like the week before, Mm -hmm. um, minios and like, well, he, cause he was here. And, uh, he was going to come ride and like, they ended up like saying, oh no, we're not, we, we're, we're not comfortable or whatever. I don't know. I don't remember their excuse, but, yeah. uh, I think he just, he probably just didn't want to get beat before he got to the race. But, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, I think he tried, he tried to jump up and he tried the, he tried the race race with us, but, um, yeah, I mean, he kind of found out how that works out. I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't, but like everybody thinks there's like actually like beef between it though, but there's not like, I, I honestly, I don't even, Yeah. I mean, I kind of put it behind me, but I mean, I get, I guess he can't. So, well, I, I get that vibe from you that it was like no big deal. And he, he posted the video. So you showed your side of it, which I think was a lot clearer, clearer idea of how things actually went down. But, um, well, it's like, it kind of like what I thought was like, what, what is he even trying to say here? Like, yeah what do you not want me to like get the whole shot? Like do, do I, am I supposed to just let you like go? Like, right. I, I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand. Like that doesn't make any sense. No, so, no, I, I think, like, yeah, I, I think know. most people saw it your way, but it was kind of entertaining. And, um, on, oh, it was awesome. Yeah. On the pulp show, like that following week, I, I'm always in the chat room. Cause I, I, I do a wrap up show for Steve. So I'm taking notes and I'm trying to see what people are thinking and like, there was this thread of people going, somebody call in and ask him about, you know, the, the Evan danger boy thing. But Steve, you know, Steve doesn't really care about amateurs that much. Yeah. He's not going to talk about it, but I, I've been yeah. waiting for a chance to actually ask you about it. So I appreciate you giving me an answer. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of like the first person that like, I've really had like an open discussion about it. Really? Like, like, yeah, no, nobody's really like actually like asked me what I really thought about it, but like, I, I don't really have like any thoughts of it. Like, now like i mean you know he was calling me out for cherry picking and all all of that you know i mean but he's still riding a super mini so i don't well, know what where that really comes from yeah i think the general consensus is that they're sort of hiding from the competition and 
I'm not saying that. I have no opinion on it. Uh, they're doing what they think is best. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It's It, it was just a little silly. But I appreciate you giving me an honest response. Um, okay, last question, and I'll let you go. What do you? Yeah, think- actually, I, oh. I have, I have one, one, one yeah. more thing to add to it. So that night, um, I had no clue that they were even like mad that <laughs> like I, I that I supposedly cut them off on the start. But uh, we went we went to the um, we we went to the like, well, I don't even what, what would you call it the like the trope like the presentation like award like, ceremony like trope yeah the award ceremony that night for Supercross and he he walks up to like this big group of like it was me and a bunch of my friends and he walks up and he's like oh what's up i was like hey whatever and uh just like everything was cool and he goes oh so you just like want to be a dirty rider now and so i was like oh wait what uh so like i was kind of caught off guard like he called me a dirty rider and i'm like i'm like what are you even talking about because like i had no clue yeah i had no clue they were mad and then like the rest of the week there, like i would i would wave to him i'd say yo what's up and like everybody else like on his golf cart would like look at me and they all be like yo what's up and they would all say something he wouldn't even look at me so oh man that's, I, I that's sad it's, it's, yeah it's fine it's, it's whatever sort of funny that he said like i saw nothing dirty with it it was just you coming over and going for the whole shot but uh 2018 yeah. i believe i was at glendale supercross and i stayed for supercross futures for part of it and him and Ryder were in the same class and there's this huge right hand berm going down the start i believe and like Danger Boy took Ryder up and over the berm, and it wasn't necessary. Like, it was it was kind of dirty. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure sure Ryder has some feelings on somebody being a dirty rider also. But I don't know, man. That's all going to come out in the wash in a couple years. You guys are going to be battling all at all these races. Everybody's going to see what's up. Um, yeah, yeah, so. for sure. I mean, I, I don't think any of us, like, intentionally, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know about him, but I would never intentionally like try to hurt somebody sure. or any, anything like that, like on the track. But, uh, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about them. I don't know their mindsets, but, uh, let's hope not. Yeah. So, all right. Last question for you before I let you go. What do you feel like is your biggest accomplishment accomplishment so far? Um, I would probably say mini minios. Okay. Um, I kind of like, I went to minios like, I mean, probably for like, eight years straight now mm-hmm. so like some somewhere around there and uh i've always been pretty good like i was always usually like maybe a top three top five guy but i uh, went there this year and uh like i mean i won all eight motos and i feel like that was kind of the my that that i feel like would be like my biggest accomplishment that's i don't awesome. know that's hey man that's the um, one that stands definitely, out de- definitely uh a really fun week. Um, just always like, you can't really underestimate. Like I felt like something that really helped me through that week was like not really underestimating anybody. Yeah. And like, smart. I mean like just staying nervous and like kind of ma- making sure everything was like perfect, you know? Awesome dude. Well, Hey Evan, I, I'm really appreciative of you coming on. Um, just remember, you know, when Steve in, in five years from now, you know, when Steve's calling you to come on the show Monday nights, Tell man, you're, you're, you're a no go. He, he doesn't like amateurs. Dark side's show comes first and you and I will be tight for years. All right, cool. I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go give him some crap at some point. Yeah, please do. But, uh, I'm sure I'll see you at Freestone, uh, this year, but other than that, man, thanks. Yeah, it was fun. All right, bud. Take care. All right. You too. All right. See you. All right. That's cool. Evan Ferry. Uh, really cool to get a chance to talk to him. 
Okay, guys, I think, uh, well, as far as t- tonight, Wednesday night, me recording this, that's about it. Uh, I Again, stay tuned for a pre-recorded interview with Martin Varan. Dude's really cool. Got a pretty cool story. He's really trying to work on uh, teaching beginners, like real beginners. But his his lessons also can be translated or well, I'm used at, at, at higher levels. But it starts at the very basics. It's a pretty cool story. So hang tight for Martin Varand. I want to, once again, before I kind of wrap this thing up, thank all of our sponsors, Cherubies USA, X-Brand Goggles, Williams Moto Works, EatOurJerky.com, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, Extreme Colors, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, and Power Band Racing. Uh, Once again, try to go to our Patreon page, patreon.com. You can support the show, help us out. If it's if you see fit, uh, any questions, comments, anything you want to get involved in, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. But for the Spark Down Fly Racing Jacket, email us, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. Tell me, tell us what my favorite jerky flavor is, and we will pick a random winner in two weeks for the Fly Racing Spark Down Jacket. Things badass, and if uh, you guys don't guess or don't enter, then I'm going to keep the jacket myself. Okay, stay tuned for Martin Verand, and other than that, we are out of here. Thanks, guys. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner. Or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W E R X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Fly Racing is back on board with the Moto X Pod Show for 2021. What can we say that you don't already know? In 2020, Fly revolutionized the helmet game with the Formula Helmet. For 2021, they brought us the Formula CC with the same Rion technology and a tri-weave composite shell at a fantastic price point. Fly Racing also released the new light pant with a boa in the front. Visit flyracing.com to see everything Fly Racing has to offer from the moto, street, BMX, water, and even mountain bike lines. Once you try Fly Racing, you'll see why riders like the 2020 motocross national champion Zach Osborne, as well as Blake Baggett, gold medalist Connor Fields, and even the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, trust Fly Racing. There simply is no better. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercamp. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. 
All you got to do is go to HaturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Welcome back. Our next guest of the night is brought to you by All Sport Dynamics. When riding and racing dirt bikes, protection is key. All Sport Dynamics are hands down the best wrist braces available. Trusted by many top pros such as Weston Pike, Joey Savacci, Shane McElrath, and also Brock Tickle. Tonight, All Sport Dynamics brings us Mr. Martin Varan from Estonia, all the way from Estonia. How are you? Oh, hi. I'm really good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's looking outside. It's uh, heavy snow and uh, and very cold. So, to be honest, I'm uh, really really missing riding. But uh, but what can you do in in Estonia? We have to uh, we have to take it into account that that for for a few months of the year we we cannot ride like we used to yeah i i'll be honest my geography is not great so i looked up estonia and i was looking at pictures and most of the pictures are covered in snow it seems like and just beautiful though yeah yeah it is and uh, this uh, this winter we are especially blessed uh, with the snow like few few other uh, winters in the past uh, there hasn't been any uh, in the recent years but but this year yeah it's 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 proper winter and uh, <laughs> gotta enjoy it gotta enjoy it well you reached out to me uh a, a while back about uh the book you you wrote it's uh of course you have motocrossadvice.com that's your website and then you wrote yeah. the, the complete dirt bike hand guide motocross success principles um yeah i read through this thing it's Really a cool idea. Well, let me give you a little background. First of all, obviously you're from Estonia. Uh, Mm -hmm. You were a two-time junior world champion and six-time Estonian motocross champion. Um, So you you obviously have credentials, but you wrote this book, uh, which starts from the very basics of even learning the brands of motorcycles and learning how to start a motorcycle and progresses all the way to pro techniques. What what made you decide to do this? Uh, Great question. as I've had this motocrossadvice.com for I think five years now, and this this site is basically to to provide uh, kind of basic uh, advice about motocross gear, parts, and so on. And um, throughout the years, obviously, I I contact a lot of my my readers, and I I've understood that uh, for first, as you know probably yourself, motocross has become more and more popular these days. And there are a lot of new riders uh, out there who are actually uh, craving for information like this. And uh, the idea actually is to, to put all this information into one place that you can uh, pick up uh, whenever you want, wherever you are, and you can, uh, you can, you can start from your own pace. And, and of course, uh, it goes through the topics. Uh, and, and in the end, I, I also have some let's say inter- intermediate uh, uh, drills uh, do, and techniques about dirt bike riding. But the essential idea is to, to provide something for, for beginners that they can uh, read, feel comfortable and, and just start from somewhere because, because I know that starting, starting in dirt bike riding uh, can be a difficult thing, uh, especially <laughs> if you there are a lot of information out there, but but yeah, the idea was to put put all this information in one place and then give it out there. Yeah, I because I I notice a lot of times when people start to get into the sport, 
you know, they, they don't know anything really. A lot of people are just, they see dirt bikes and they think it's cool and they don't know where to start. Maybe they come to the track and they're really not ready to be at a track yet. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's, you know, you could go, somebody brand new could come to the track and introduce themselves to somebody that's been riding a long time, but those people, it's hard, it's hard to communicate if, unless you have, you know, like you, you know, a way to, uh, to present it better. Cause the people that are out there riding, they don't really want to spend 20 minutes teaching this new kid how to ride or how to start his bike or anything. So yeah, this is really exactly. a cool place to come to your, your website and your books are really cool place that people could come. And like you say, get the basics. I love it, man. How, how's the response been? Uh, the response has been, uh, to be honest, has been amazing. So uh, it's it's especially as I've been in this industry for a long time and I have the site for a long time, then to be honest, I haven't had that, that kind of feedback, uh, let's say, uh, weekly basis. People write to me in emails thanking me about the book and, uh, and that's, that's definitely a, a blessing and I'm giving the book, the book is for free. I, I don't sell it. And, uh, and therefore it's, it's uh, even, even, even greater that, that people, uh, uh, really appreciate the free thing and, and, uh, and they get value out of it. But, but yeah, as, uh, to, to, to take the topic further, then, uh, I have also a YouTube channel where I, where I teach about, uh, techniques and cetera and, and, a lot of writers also have reached out to me that that uh, why don't you give more advanced uh, techniques and uh, and when will you will you do that and definitely I know that there is uh, there is need for that as well and I have that in in plans but uh, but right now my my focus has been to to first start from the basics build up uh, get, give the foundations for writers and and then. Uh, uh, develop uh, naturally and have this natural progression and uh, ultimately provide this um, kind of source of uh, techniques uh, tips uh, for for all types of riders from beginners to advanced yeah i actually been looking at a bunch of your youtube videos it's pretty easy to find if you guys want to check this out it's Mart martin m-a-r-t-i-n uh, Verand, V-E-R-R-A-N-D, just search it on YouTube and it comes up. A lot of really great stuff. And it's funny, one of my best friends here in East Texas, used to. he's a local pro rider. He used to do a lot of lessons and some of the same kind of techniques he would teach. And it was always very, very basic when you first got there, like yeah. straight line drills, standing up on the balls of your feet, riding with your levers. And some of the kids would get bored really fast. Like, well, I want to go jump. And he said, no, no, no. Yeah. You have to learn this stuff first. And so when I was reading your book, I kind of saw some similarities to how my friend Michael would teach. Yeah, exactly. And I actually get a, get a lot of uh, comments and, uh, and emails that uh, I want to learn scrubbing and uh, <laughs> please teach me, teach me scrub. But this is, uh, this is, this is classic uh, uh, thing in that sense that people... This scrubbing is something that that comes with a natural progression. If you jump, if you if you feel comfortable, then you start playing with the dirt bike in the air, and you get get um, get better at it, and and you you will find the scrubbing yourself. Right. But uh, but, but but it's for some reason it's it's really common uh, that people people ask to to teach it, and uh, to be honest, to teach scrubbing, it is uh, really difficult because, as I said, it, it, it has to come as a natural progression. Of course, we can talk about uh, step by step and wh what you need to do, but but actually, you need to 
jump perfectly. You need to feel yourself super comfortable on the dirt bike before we recommend you to start start learning it. Actually, because it, <laughs> yeah, it it, it, it it actually yeah, it it has to come naturally. <laughs> yeah, I've been riding for thirty years and I can't scrub. If I scrub, it was an accident. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm yeah, but I do hear that from the kids. It's pretty funny. Uh, let me let's go back to some of your background. Um, growing up in Estonia. Is motocross a popular sport or is it pretty small? I mean, I would think like, you know, football or what we call soccer is probably, I would think that would be uh, popular, but what is the motocross like? How did you, I know your dad rode, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, actually, my dad rode uh, in the in the Soviet times, and he managed to be uh, also a Soviet uh, champion uh, back in the days when he was he was a kid. And and yeah, when when they started racing, it was uh, it was basically the the times when uh, when you just needed to show a lot of interest, and uh, and and guys from the Emic shop uh, started teaching you, and and uh, guys just. Had so much, uh, so much. Uh, let's say uh, they wanted so much that that uh, back then uh, in, in Soviet world, it's uh, basically they gave you a dirt bike if they saw that uh, that that you are like um, you can be a rider, and if you if you are very hungry, then you then you can start riding, and that that's how it went for him, for him. And and yeah, when I was three years old, then. Uh, my my dad took me took me to the races and obviously as I saw saw the racing I I started craving for it uh, and uh, basically I, I that was the only thing I talked about at home and then when I was <laughs> when when I got four years old then I got uh, my first dirt bike as a, as a present and then uh, back then uh, you didn't ha- you didn't have this full face helmet you had like. Uh, uh, just a helmet uh, covering your top of your head, right? And, uh, and uh, first, I remember first time when when I went riding, I I squeezed the throttle, but I didn't know how to how to le- let it off. And then I went to the jumps, smashed the, my. I think I didn't have a white spot in my face. Everything was covered with bruises, and uh, it was <laughs> it was. Uh, uh, yellow and uh, and purple and so on and I, I remember when I went to the kindergarten next day and uh, like everyone were were just shocked but yeah that's that's how how it started and uh, and uh, I I really loved racing I I started to progress naturally and uh, I I think when I was eight years old then uh, then I got my first uh, junior world champion title in in Germany, but but this was uh, this was the first time in in Europe they they held such an event. So uh, so all all the top riders were there. I I remember Ken Roxen uh, was there, but he broke his um, uh, I think he broke his collarbone or 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 or, or bone in his hand uh, yeah. in in the training uh, sessions. Uh, Few days before the before the race, so he couldn't actually race. He's uh, one year uh, younger than me. Okay. And 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 yeah, then I I managed to managed to win this, and and the next year after that in sixty five cc's for the second time in the row. So so yeah, these these times in my in my in my career, this eight uh, nine ten up until uh, fourteen, then then 
motocross was pretty much the everything I had. So we with my dad we we traveled around. We were always on the on the four wheels and uh, through, <laughs> through, throughout Europe on the training camps in the GPs. And and yeah, obviously, obviously, school was was on the background, and uh, and it was natural to to learn in the in the in the in the truck while my dad uh, drove around to Europe. So, wow. so these were these were definitely cool times and. Uh, and uh, that's that's basically where where it where it all happened. But uh, when I was fourteen, uh, my dad had left the U.S. Uh, basically, the idea was to to get me into a team. So obviously, in 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 Estonia, it's um, if you want to stand out, or in Europe, even back then, back 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 in these days, it was uh, kind of important that you go to U.S. Uh, because there is. There is money. There, there are opportunities, and and uh, that's why my dad also left the U.S. to get me a team. And uh, I think it was five days before I I had to go after him. Uh, he had an, actually managed to get me a team. I had two eighty-five KTM's waiting for me, and uh, as a young kids, uh, I we did those uh, jumps with with a bicycle. That was what we all, all we did in the, in the free time. <laughs> And uh, I managed to broke my collarbone in uh, in few places uh, five five days prior to the to the flight, and uh, and that was basically basically it. Uh, so so I had all the summer uh, was was wasted, and uh, more importantly, the opportunity that I had uh, was was wasted. And uh, and yeah, then uh, my father came back. We 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 still raced. Uh, we tried. We we went uh, to the European ch- championships and um, and with eighty fives, but but then at some point, uh, my dad uh, asked me to to make a decision that do you are we going full on to to motocross or or do you want to continue uh, going to school and and have uh, let's say learn some uh, some kind of. Uh, uh, master some 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 type of uh, thing and and go to work etc. So the decision somehow somewhat came came that time and uh, and and obviously financially it was all the time struggle. So it, I didn't have any team. I yeah. Uh, I we my father had to find sponsors all the time and it was like constant struggle. So so it was the time that. We we kind of they took that decision. So so and back after that, I I I when when I finished my school, I've been working myself up. Then I uh, I was able to buy a dirt bike, and and then uh, after that, I I started riding more, and also more importantly, teach other riders. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's a great story and heartbreaking that you would have that injury right before coming to the United States. Uh, I'm sure as a kid that that was not easy to swallow. Like you were, I mean, I, I would probably think you were in tears that, that like your dream, you kind of see your dream falling away. Absolutely. And uh, no, whole, all my life I had uh, trained for yeah. that, to, to be honest. And the, all the titles were, were for that. So that was the kind of the, Kind of the foundation to, to build it uh, further in the U.S. and obviously it has been it had been my my dream to 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 go into U.S. because a lot of the 
lot of the writers I, I followed uh, were in the U.S. and mm-hmm. uh, and that was that was that was the place for me. So obviously, yeah, it was it was really really difficult uh, times, but but yeah, I I'm happy that uh, that I still kept on ra- racing after that. But but yeah, it was after that it was like a um, uh, struggle all the time because uh, financially we we never found that that. Uh, that uh, kind of um, support that could uh, give me give me uh, control that uh, yeah now I now I can uh, race and uh, focus on racing and then don't need to think about any anything else so it was uh, it, it 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 was tough in the, in that sense but uh, yeah. to be honest looking looking back uh, to everything right now it's I'm I'm really happy that I went through i got these experiences and today i'm i think i'm i'm uh, i'm a lot of uh, these experienced uh, helping me helping me every day to to, <laughs> to to achieve my goals yeah in, that, in, in these days that sounds great yeah it sounds like you have a great attitude and you've transitioned that into teaching and you still have you still have the passion for writing but you also get to help others i mean that that's a great that's a great end uh end goal i guess that you got to that you know your racing didn't happen the way maybe you wanted it to but you're still doing something awesome in the sport and still getting to ride dirt bikes i mean who can complain about that exactly and <laughs> and what, what's what's the most important is that that i i get to do what, what i enjoy the most yep. so, so uh, i i can i can teach others and i can be in the industry and and quite frankly, I don't want to get rich with it. I mean, uh, selling selling some uh, some uh, lessons or anything like this. But I just want to be, want to be near the sport, uh, yeah. Develop it, and and as I know how many riders all around the world are are in need of uh, of proper techniques, and then they are craving for this information. So so that's my kind of. Uh, my motivation to, to to provide so so i i'm building today i'm building uh platforms to 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 provide it uh, obviously my youtube channel is very fresh i just started with it a few months ago but uh, but i believe that when i'm get pro- give, giving out this this information on a consistent basis then then these all these riders will ultimately find me yeah, I think yes, I think they will, and uh, we'll definitely share it over here. Um, I want to ask you this: when you were traveling through Europe and you know from country to country with your dad yeah. at that time, you know here in the United States it's pretty easy to go from state to state, but in Europe, crossing borders and stuff like that was that very difficult, or was it fairly easy? It 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 was actually back then it was difficult because the, the, we didn't have the Schengen area and and this right now we have uh, Europe uh, European Union and Schengen area and all the borders are basically we don't have any borders, but but back then uh, crossing each border you had to wait uh, from two hours to 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 one day at at some points in a in a queue in a line to to get through the through the borders so wow. tra- traveling through europe uh, was definitely definitely a big challenge back then and i remember that uh, then we had not all the roads the roads were also not developed properly and we had some really really old <laughs> mercedes mercedes uh, truck which which basically the wheel uh, and, and not it 
the wheel didn't have this uh, power, you know. Yeah, you, uh, you had this without uh, electricity, and you had these uh, these ruts on the road uh, that these big uh, big trucks uh, had made. And driving uh, <laughs> driving through Poland, for example, was a huge challenge. So it was like my my father was was uh, sweating because <laughs> it was like he he had to perform in order yeah. to, to drive, and, and yeah, it was. Back then, it was it was really really tough, but but I enjoyed it. I always enjoyed it. This was a great great uh, journey for me. Great memories. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What what is the coolest thing you saw while traveling? Is there anything that you remember? Whether just could be anything, just something that really stands out. Yeah. Go ahead. No, uh, no. For me, I, I I always remembered that. Uh, I like to to stay up uh, all night uh, sitting <laughs> next to my next to my dad while we drove around, and I always remember these these mornings, these seven eight a.m. when all the kids were standing in the bus station to 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 go to school, and I was uh, driving through Europe in my with my dad, uh, skipping school and and watching this this. Uh, these people and and uh, knowing that I'm going to the next uh, motocross and uh, th- this is this is something something I remember. But uh, but yeah, one one of my favorite places uh, was always Italy. We went uh, there to the MX camps. Uh, we spent their whole whole uh, spring time. Oh, cool! And and the tracks there are are just amazing. So so uh, I, th- th- this is something I just dream right now as well that. Uh, to, to buy uh, this uh, caravan and uh, just go go put my dirt bike in it, go to Italy and then spend some months in in Italy driving wow. through the through the most amazing uh, dirt bike tracks you can you can you can uh, imagine at least in the Euro- Europe conditions. Yeah, that's a place I would really like to go. Um, I I I'm ha- I guess I'm a quarter Italian. My dad my dad was born oh. in uh, Naples. His his father was uh-huh. full-blooded Italian, but I've never been. Um, and I was talking to Fabrizio at a Cherubis about a year ago, and mm-hmm. he's, he was telling me, yeah, you need to come over here, you know, and I, we'll give you a place to stay. But, it's just, you know, obviously right now, it's I can't really do those kind of travels with the way things are. But someday I would love to come over there and see all that. I just hear how beautiful it is. Yeah, it is. It is. And and the tracks are uh, are natural. You have these natural mountains. Uh, mm. Obviously, in the U.S., you have also these amazing tracks, which have these uh, natural mountains, and uh, you don't it, less artificial uh, jumps, etc. So it is it, also riding there is so beautiful. Yeah, not not that you can enjoy the beauty while riding, but <laughs> but it's uh, it's still something great. So one of my favorite tracks in Italy is called Asti Asti. Uh, so uh, A S T I. Okay. So it's a famous, uh, famous uh, wine uh, district, and the turpike track there is just th- th- these mountains. You are going up the mountain, and the the point where you need to go down the mountain, you just look from the top. That what at at first times I was looking that what the hell how anyone can <laughs> can jump jump off here but yeah, uh, but yeah it's just just amazing so so this is uh, one track I really recommend you to go well, if that, you have a chance yeah that, that's awesome Martin you have such a great story again it's motocrossadvice.com you can find him on YouTube his book is the complete dirt bike hand guide motocross success principles 
Martin, dude, I, I'm very excited that you reached out to us and very happy that you talked to us all the way from Estonia. Um, man, I, I hope maybe we could do this again in a few months and talk a little bit more if you want. We'll, we'll try to promote it some more. Absolutely. I so appreciate you inviting me and it was it was uh, awesome talking to you. Thank you. I love your show. Oh, well, I appreciate that very much. It means a lot. Uh, yeah, stay in touch with us and we'll do this again. And uh, do you are you able to follow the Supercross series over there? Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm checking the highlights the day after. Okay, so I'm uh, I'm really looking forward uh, to it already. But yeah, I'm I'm uh, keeping in touch with it, with everything that happens there, and uh, it's really interesting for me. So I'm really rooting for uh, Ken Rocks and just that because that I I, I kind of have raced together with him and uh, seeing yeah. how far this guy has uh, has come. This is just amazing. So. So it is. All the dreams can come true, and and seeing seeing the guy we raced together when I was uh, seven, eight years old, and and uh, I saw his his talent already back then, and and seeing where where he is now, this is just amazing. So, so yeah, I I, I really love it. Uh, well, that's great. Yeah, he. Uh, you, you think he's? You think he can win tonight? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why not? So so yeah. obviously he had he has had some some. Uh, uh, not no. He, Bad luck. He, he hasn't been very very lucky recently. Yeah. So he he definitely has the speed. So so let's see. All right, Martin. Thanks so much for spending some time with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. You have a good day. You too. All right. Bye. Once again, that was Martin Verand Verand. I hope I'm saying it properly. I apologize if I'm butchering it, but it's uh, M-A-R-T-I-N-V-A-R-R-A-N-D. Go check him out on YouTube. Follow his, uh, subscribe to his channel and check his website out, motocrossadvice.com. All right. We appreciate him coming on. 